Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Happy, uh, it's not the Ides of March yet. That's next week. No. The Ides of March. Beware of them. Good tune. Yes. Look at you drinking, well, I'm assuming it's water. Normally, I would have assumed it was like grain alcohol or vodka. (laughs) Yeah, that's just vodka and ice, a whole glass of it. Yeah, but nobody puts ice in vodka, do they, unless it's in a mixed drink? No, just straight vodka. I mean, the same way people will put ice in any hard spirit just to take the edge off. Spirit, it's not October, it's March. Are you ready to lose an hour of sleep this weekend? I don't care. Okay, cool. Thank you. People overreact to this. I don't really care. Yeah, well, it's, it is what it, it happens. Yeah. Just go to bed an hour earlier. I only sleep a few hours a night anyway. What are you, a vampire? I mean, nothing crazy. I sleep like six hours. That's, you know, it's a good night for me is six hours. An excellent night is like seven. An outstanding night would be eight. I, I almost never get eight hours of sleep. Except for the time that you got sick and slept for 32 hours. All right, uh, before we dive into the show, hey, what are we doing here this week? We got the news. We got sports reports. We got weird comics facts. So many reviews, you you can't even deal with them. But you're going to. Picard, Last of Us, Mandalorian, and of course, Creed, and your questions. Oh my god, all the watching of all the things. I know. I'm, I'm kind of excited for Last of Us to be done. <laughs> Not because I want the show to be over. I'm like, it's a lot of things to talk about. It is a lot of things to talk about. But it ends next week. And hey, I'll give a uh, quickie review of a thing that's not quite over yet. It was only happening this week. I guess we'll oh, watch okay. it after the fact. History of the World Part 2. Because it's been two episodes a night for the last three nights by the time this comes out. Oh, I, I haven't think. watched any of that yet. Is it good? 50-50. All right. But I mean, it, it's very much like the movie in the sense like, you know, obviously it's a, Satire, it's a variety right? show. Yeah. But I mean, the d- big difference is like the skits are much shorter because like no one has an attention span for like a 20 minute sketch. So you get like continuous stuff from episode to episode. And it drives me nuts because they do a recap. I'm like, I just watched this. It has been a day. I don't need this. <laughs> well, There's like five minutes of a 25-minute show is them recapping what just happened. Well, now you can skip forward and save yourself now 20 minutes. Of, um, you only watch 20 of a 25-minute show. Some of the sketches work really well. Some of them just land really poorly. And it has way too much fucking Nick Kroll in it. I don't even dislike him. He's fine. But he, I mean, he's very heavily involved with this. And he's in way too much. Ugh. I don't mean like, ugh, it, like damn. I like oh, it sounds like it should be about balance. Yeah, like a lot of like they'll get a lot of um famous comedic actors who will come in like do their one sketch, get in, get out. Some of them are really good, some of them aren't. But it's just like oh my god, it's another one Nick Kroll. God, he's in a lot of this. How dissimilar is it to like Drunk History? I've only seen Drunk History in YouTube clips. I've never watched it. Okay, so I don't know. Not because they're not drunk. All right, that's fair. It's like the movie History of the World Part One. That's what it's like. Ah. But more of the modern. Yeah. I I wish there was a little bit of Mel Brooks in it. Like, he only acts as the narrator. I mean, there's still two episodes to go, so maybe he'll pop up in something. But he has been 100% off-screen narrator. I get that he's 96. That's probably why. I I think that's... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he pops in for some jokes and whatnot, like, as the narrator. They finally did Hitler on Ice, that promised trailer from History of the World Part 1. How was that sketch? (laughs) It was pretty funny. All right, excellent. (laughs) I liked that one. This is... I never watch jackass but i think some of my favorite ones have been um what's his name the main jackass guy johnny knoxville yeah him playing rasputin 
Oh. And, and they, they they treat it like it's Jackass. And I think probably the other people in the sketch are also in Jackass. Again, never watched Jackass, so I don't know. But he, they just pop in and they just do all these things because Rasputin can't die. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I will make it a point to uh to watch some of that after the show. Yeah, they're you know, twenty five minute episodes, you're in, you're out. And yeah, like I don't know, maybe better than fifty percent. Is that on HBO Max? It was Hulu. Oh Hulu, okay. Well, good thing I have the Disney bundle. Great. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's just a quickie review. Winning. Um, it's it's not quite Mel Brooks, but there's an there's enough in there that is very like okay we're doing like this kind of it's a more of a garnish than the actual main flavoring. Yeah, they're, they're very intentionally trying to keep it within that same realm, but some of it's weird. Like hearing like like having a Mel Brooks project have like TikTok references in it. I'm like God, this feels weird. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, it is 2023. I know. I'm worried some of the references there are going to date it immediately. Well, because some of them are very of like right now. Gotta hook them while they're they're active and attentive. Like including talking about like the different kind of um Hulu packages people can get and like if stuff like like oh what did you two get married? Oh we did it in the commercial break. What if they played for Hulu Plus? Then there wasn't a commercial break and they're as lost as we are. Interesting joke. <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever the better Hulu packages that I don't have. Oh the yeah, probably like Hulu Plus or Hulu Premium. Yeah, Hulu like Premium Plus. Whatever, that's it. So let's just dive from... Yeah, pretty good. I enjoyed watching All it. Right. If uh, you're not into Mel Brooks stuff, I probably wouldn't, because you'll probably be like, what is this? But let's dive into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. <laughs> Here's my favorite one of the week. Let's just start with it. Is it people angry that April O'Neil is black? Oh, I will get there, and I got... I'm coming at you. With facts, or as the kids say, receipts. I got receipts, motherfucker. Okay, I'm say if you're gonna be talking, it's it's you have receipts. You're not gonna be out of pocket with your response. Oh, I got it. You're not gonna be mid. I hate that one. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> that would I hate basically all slang. Are you gonna W Riz? I don't know that one. That one's not real. That's like a win. Yeah, it's like a, a, a how? How is that a win? I don't know. What is a W Riz? Uh, I will bring it. I'm told. So hopefully, I haven't been lied to. I think you have because that doesn't sound real. To be fair, no slang sounds real to me. W Riz. It's a song. First of all, it's a song. Uh, oh, oops. W Riz is a term that describes the ability to attract someone of the opposite sex without really trying. Not me. Not me. How to obtain W Riz from the Wildcat <laughs> If I had to describe your energy, it's like you tried to base yourself on the brawny man, but you come off more like those bears of the commercials that are always constantly shitting. Oh, the Charmin bears. <laughs> yeah, that's more your energy. Uh, to have Riz, to explain, a W Riz is a win and L Riz is a loss. There you go. Why do it, you have to have a Riz in there? I don't know. Well, I, it's from TikTok. I understood the W and the L. Why is there the Riz? Are you putting on the Ritz? Keep it in the Mel Brooks. Realm. There you go. I am also uh, looking on Urban Dictionary. I never believe anything there. It all yeah. seems made up. Uh, I mean, it is. But. Attracting bad tings by doing nothing. Great. Stanley um, has W Riz attracting Claire. Whatever. We're not doing the Turtles trailer yet, because I want to start with my favorite story of the week, because it gives us hope. The Turtles trailer reaction does not give me hope. Fine, we'll just talk about the Ninja Turtles trailer. No, no, I no, no. I want you to start with hope, and we'll go to the pit afterwards. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, um, one of the movies that Warner, uh, HBO scrapped uh, in a cost-saving measure has leaked online. <laughs> oh, is it uh, the... Uh, oh, um, it's Crypto and Scooby-Doo. What? Okay. It's an animated movie. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the, the Batgirl movie. No, I've... You're like, I've what scoured if, the dark web for that <laughs> shit. We would have opened with fanfare for that, which that's why I'm saying it's hopeful. Oh. Hey, if one thing can leak, come on, baby. Give me Batgirl. Give me Michael Keaton as Batman. Give me Brendan Fraser as Firefly. Okay. Also, I found 
I have not done a deep dive into this because I really couldn't because there's no information out there except for the movie. I found out this week that there is a Mexican Batwoman movie that came out in 1968. So very clearly trying to capitalize on like the popularity of the Batman series of the time. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's in Spanish, but her cost, she's a wrestler and a detective and a marksman. And her costume is a cowl and a cape and a bikini. A cow? Cowl. Oh, cowl. Like the thing Batman wears. Oh, okay. I didn't know they got a cow on the cape, and it was like that way. I was just looking at it though, and like, there's no information out there about it. Like, it exists. You can watch it. I think it's on Amazon or something. I watched the trail and was like, "What? How have I never heard of this? And how is there like zero information on the internet about this weird 1968 pretty, pretty straightforward Batwoman movie where she's just in a bikini, and also her secondary job is wrestler. She's a luchador. That's where she gets her aerobatic and acrobatic skills. Why is she a marksman? Why not? Yeah, sure. I guess why not? It, well, it's like the Spider-Man movie. You ever see the? I think it was like a. I want to say it was like a, oh, like a whole a Japanese Bollywood, series. I think was it either Japanese oh, or the, a Bollywood Spider-Man. Those both exist. Okay. Yeah, I think the, the Bollywood one is uh, way more unofficial. Where he does like a dance number, but he's also like sneaking around. I gotta look into this Batwoman movie. I was just like, it I, stopped me in my tracks, and then there was just no information on the internet why about do I, it. Why do I get the sensing that this is going to be a thing that we have to deal with? Maybe. It was only like 90 minutes. But the problem is that's 90 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Could be good. Yeah, so the um, one of the movies that got scrapped got leaked. Oh, yeah. Speaking of things getting scrapped, Star Wars is scrapping things left and right. Oh, really? The movie that Kevin Foggy was producing? Gone. The Force is not with it. The Rogue Squadron Patty Jenkins was doing, which was off, and then it was kind of back on? Gone. I find your lack of faith disturbing. And Taika Waititi's movie is still kind of in development, maybe. But probably. But maybe. Who knows? I mean, they're scrapping Star Wars left and right. Where are the data tapes with the plans? The next Star Wars movie that that is now on the schedule is scheduled for 2025. And there's not actually, it just says like untitled Star Wars movie. There's not actually a project there. They just like. So aside from the TV side of things, the movies are just like. Well, what are we going to do now? We're falling apart. Like we, It felt like we were getting a Star Wars movie every six months for a while. Yeah. And um. I have I still haven't rewatched Last Jedi. <laughs> no, not Last Jedi. Um, whatever the last Rise one. of Skywalker. Yeah, haven't rewatched that since saw it in theaters. Wow, that's been a couple of years now. It's I know. Going on it. Been getting on. It was really bad, and I just don't have the desire to watch it again. All right, well there you go. Maybe a rewatch. You'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. I don't know. That was a that was a pretty rough one. There's got to be movies that you've like rewatched, and your opinion has been like, oh, I guess it's not as bad as I thought. Oh yeah, it was. totally. That happens all the time. But I remember enough of that movie where I'm like. Mm. Are you more likely to rewatch that or The Joker? Oh, Star Wars. I'm never watching that Joker movie again. Okay, there you go. I'll say it right now for the show. Um, I mean, unless they come out and say, I know they said it was going to be a musical. Unless it's like a full-blown musical, not watching that one either. What if somebody offered you $10,000? Easily. Okay, so there you go. Easily. 500 bucks. Yeah. 250 to, Again, to sit through like a two-hour movie, 250 bucks, sure. What about 50 bucks and a steak? Yeah. 10 bucks and a steak? No. 25 and a steak and a beer? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to... I'll throw in a baked potato. No, I might argue for two beers. You're like, I'll trade you one baked potato for a second beer. <laughs> couple of quickies, I guess. Okay. Uh, here, here's what they kind of bummed me out. Uh, in the Masters of the Universe Revolution, the title of the second season, Sarah Michelle Gellar has been recast as Tila. No reason was given. The press release was like, for International Women's Day, Melissa Benoist, who was Supergirl, who's worked with Kevin Smith a few times, yeah. will be voicing Tila. I forgot that there hasn't been a second season of that yet. Yeah. And uh, nothing about why Sarah Michelle Gellar is not involved, which is too bad, because I really liked her. 
I love this first season of that. I'm excited for more of it, to be honest. It was really good. Yeah, I, and I know I said it at the time, like, it just felt so natural, because, and I guess Melissa Benoist will probably fall into that after doing Supergirl for so long, but Sarah Michelle Gellar could just sell you on, like, absolute stupid names of creatures and magic and whatever. I'm like, she's got some experience in this realm of just, like, rattling this stuff yeah. off like it's natural. I'm Adam, Prince of Eternia. And that's now going to be Tila's real-life husband. Oh, wow. Those two are married. They met on Supergirl. Love it. But yeah, that kind of bummed me out because I liked her in that. Uh, this has got the internet ablaze. Oh, one of many things, I'm sure. The Punisher is returning officially in the MCU. Really? Once again, played by John Berthal, who uh, appeared in Daredevil Season 2 and then two seasons of his own show. Which, at, at this point, you might as, like, there's still that question of, like, are the Netflix shows canon? If they've already brought back, like, a number of actors... Let's just say they're canon at this point, right? Like, they were hmm. canon for a while, and then people, like, when they got shut down, people were like, well, maybe it doesn't count anymore. At this point, yeah, I'd say they count. Like, yeah. if, if you're bringing back Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio, now John Bernthal, yeah, they it, count. It counts. <laughs> but um, it also looks like this is not 100%. This is just the assumption because it wasn't announced mm-hmm. that um, the uh, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson actors will not be returning. Really? Which kind of bums me out, because if, if that's true, I mean, for as much as I like, you know, the fighty-fighty punch-punch, like, you still need an emotional core to a story, mm. and there needs to be a human element in there. Fighty-fighty punch-punch. Except for the movie Rampage. Didn't see it. The video game Rampage. Fighty-fighty punch-punch. That was just punch-punch-punch. Punch, mm. punch a building. Yeah, bang-bang, <laughs> crush, boom-bang. When I was a kid, I used to call that game King Kong versus Godzilla. I'd rent that one from the local convenience store. All right, there you go. The local convenience store. That's where I used to rent my NES games. Remember that? You you could rent movies at like the supermarket? Yeah. Also convenience stores. Yeah. You can at a convenience store now still. It's called Redbox. <laughs> yes, I suppose. Yeah. It's less of pointing at a VHS cover and going, give me that tape from behind the yeah. counter. That's, yeah. Be kind. Please rewind. How inconsiderate were people who did not rewind videos after renting them? Well, they paid a $3 surcharge. Yeah, for the person to just put the cassette into the automatic rewinder and have it done in like 30 seconds. Which side are you arguing for here? I'm just saying that you... You've argued both. Be kind, please rewind. One of the first DVDs my family ever rented, I told my stepsister when it was over, make sure you hit the rewind button, we got to rewind the DVD, and she looked everywhere on the DVD player for a good five minutes trying to find the rewind button. It was awesome. John Favreau was talking about the original Star Wars movies and why they're not on Disney+, Plus, although he didn't explicitly say it. But his response was... Money? No. His response was, who really wants to see it at this point? Like, the only people that are going to care are, like, the people who are older, like, meaning, like... Where do you find the original Star Wars streaming, then? Nowhere. Not, like, the before it was, like, the special edition versions. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you could still see, like, New Hope and Empire. I was gonna say, yeah. Those aren't not He's there. like, who would care? He's like, and Millennials, like, their version of Star Wars is the prequels. I'm like, I'm an older Millennial, and bitch, that ain't my Star Wars. Nope. And also, I want to see those original ones again. I haven't seen them since the 90s. The early 90s at that. Like, the original. Yeah. I mean, even in, yes, I know there were, like, still tweaks made, like, when those VHSs were released, blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know what I mean. Yeah. But John Favreau's like, who would care? I'm like, you want the I'll, end of, you want the end of Jedi without Hayden Christensen? A lot of people would care. And I've said this before, and I stick by this theory. That when Lucas sold the rights, that that was a stipulation. That you can't release them? <laughs> or if you do it, it has to be after he's dead <laughs> or something like that. That is my best guess. That's also my guess why the Star Wars Holiday Special hasn't been released. Same thing. Then Lucas was like, this ain't part of the deal. Yeah. They, he's like, they gave me $250,000 to make this TV special. And I spent $240,000 on drugs at Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford. Do you think 
I don't know. George Lucas seems too uptight to have ever done any drugs. Oh no, he's he's certainly gotten high as hell. I don't know. This man, this man's been to the galaxy far, far away a long time ago. I don't know. He seems way too just buttoned up. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, he was thinking he's done pixie dust. He and Carrie Fisher making out on that yeah, bridge in London. Yeah, no, I understood. I wasn't responding because I didn't understand. I wasn't responding because I was mad at you. <laughs> Do you not like the movie Hook? <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. A lot. I remember liking it when I was younger, but a lot of people don't seem to like it now. I don't know. I, I did a rewatch not that long ago. I don't have an opinion really still anymore. Enjoy it. Yeah, okay. Dustin I, I, Hoffman was fantastic as Captain Hook. Totally forgot that's who did it. Yeah, because he was so good, you forget that it was Dustin Hoffman. No, it's because I haven't seen it in 20 years. Also, Glenn Close <laughs> played a male pirate who gets thrown in the box with the scorpions. I, I haven't seen this in so long, I don't really have an opinion it's the boo on box. it anymore. The Boo Box. Star Trek Discovery is going into its final season, fifth and final season it was announced. And I'd say probably good. That's a, that's a show that gets a lot of hate. It, it ebbs and flows for me. I think it's a show that does a very good job of redefining itself. Like it's the first two seasons. It was like 10 years before Kurt or 10 years before um, whatever Scott Bakula's name was on Enterprise. Oh, uh, yeah. Captain. Yeah. Captain. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Big Enterprise fans here. Yeah. The X, the NX-01 or whatever. The all three episodes I've seen of that show. Yep. It was ever how many Brent Spiner were on. Those were the ones I saw. Ooh, and I saw the finale, too, because that had Riker and Troy on a holodeck. Yeah. Which is also part of the, like, it's supposed to tie into the episode The Pegasus. Yeah, where um, Jonathan Frakes uh, doesn't look anything like Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> at least not no, like... that Treaty of Algeron, <laughs> that phase cloak device has really changed his appearance. Well, compared to, I mean, compared to now, Christ, he's trim as hell. It's true. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a show that I feel like, it's also like with the... um. With Michael Burnham's kind of like journey, like from being kicked out of Starfleet to not, like becoming a captain, I feel like it's kind of reached its natural conclusion of just like that main character arc. Uh, that's also the show has done a really bad job of. I mean, I've watched four seasons, and like a lot of the bridge crew are the same. I can tell you like three of their names. Jonathan Archer, by the way, is the name of the Archer, captain. Archer, there it is. <laughs> but like, is there's a couple of them they've developed a little bit. But, like the bridge crew, I have no idea who these people are. They're just like kind of there, and they'll say some lines. But like, as far as like. What's their personality? Like, what are they actually doing? I don't know. They're just kind of there. They exist. Yeah. That is not, it is not a, um, it, it is an ensemble show, but it doesn't give half a crap about the bridge crew. No. No, it doesn't. When usually the show is all about the bridge crew. Yeah. The senior officers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it enough. I like it more than I don't, but I will give it a lot of credit for kicking off. Like, that got enough attention that, like, oh, we got all these Star Trek shows now. That's entirely because Discovery did well enough. So I certainly yep. can't fault it for that. Nope. Uh, what else we got? Uh, that's about it. Okay, so let's dive into the Ninja Turtles trailer, which sounds like you didn't like. No, I like the Ninja Turtles trailer. I didn't like the backlash of people being like, oh my god, April O'Neil is let's, African-American. Let's deal with that last. Yes. Let's talk about the trailer as a whole. Um, this is definitely skewing young, younger, which is fine. Like, there are a number of versions out there. If this one wants to, like, skew towards a younger audience, that's cool. Do with that. Like, the animation looks fun. It's definitely Spider-Verse-esque, but not the same because they copyrighted that kind of animation yeah. style. Um, it's a, a movie that, as so many are, like, just loaded with, like, celebrities doing voices, except for the Turtles. They they got, like, I don't know any of their names because they're all kids. They're yeah. all, like, legitimately kids. And I do like that uh, this version of them is, like, leaning heavily into... They are teenagers because so often they just seem to be teenager in name, but they act like they're 45. That's true. I mean, yeah. No, I enjoyed the trailer. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think that animation style, I know it's not exactly Spider-Verse style of animation, but I think it's taking hold. It seems like it 
some of the voices excite me, like uh, Giancarlo Esposito doing Baxter Stockman. Like, Fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Chan doing Splinter. Like, yes. Let's go. I want that. That sounds awesome. I love that uh, Splinter also had like Jerry Curls. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> that, that also surprised me a little. I'm like, oh, that's a design choice. But no, I I enjoyed the trip. I think it's gonna be fun. I like that there's a sense of like inclusion as far as a representation. I think is the word I was looking for amongst the voices of the turtles. Yeah, I mean their skin is green. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, hey, they need to be white people. Also, I don't know if you've been into to New York. Not just white people there. No, it's shocking that when you leave <laughs> New England, really leave Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, there happens to be diversity out there. <laughs> what? I love me some diversity. All right. Let's deal with the the April thing, the backlash. I, people are idiots even when they're defending it. They're idiots when they're saying it's just changing the race for the sake of changing the race for being woke. And other people are like, uh, no, you're dumb. April O'Neil was originally supposed to be black, so you're wrong and stupid. I would like to tell you, both of those camps are wrong. They're both morons. Oh, wow. Not even, not just wrong. Well, morons. Well, if there's, I'll, I'll give you some history without insulting the people. I think that's a good road to take. <laughs> Um, I like that we're showing some growth here. The last show, which I only watched like the first two episodes, I, maybe I'll dive into it one day, I don't know, did feature the first uh, black April O'Neil in, in their show. And here's the thing that most people are uh, pointing to if you're in support of it. April O'Neil was the name of Kevin Eastman's girlfriend slash first wife. She's based on her, so she was supposed to be black in the comics. Let's go all the way back. Are we going to go talk about the special paper they used? Um. Yes, actually. Oh, wow. See, I paid attention and remembered. Yeah, so April O'Neil uh, appeared in the second issue of Ninja Turtles alongside Baxter Stockman, who they decide was black. There's a number of hardcovers that came out a few years ago. They called them uh, like the Eastman and Laird Ultimate Collections. They're really great. They're like well produced. They're like oversized. They're like roughly the same size page as what like the original paper they were working on was. But the fun thing in there is they also have every issue has annotated notes from Eastman and Laird, and um. One of the ones that Peter Laird puts out, like when introducing April and Baxter Stockman, he says, the two things that we like really had to make decisions on were Baxter's race and April's name, because originally she was just called assistant, like in their script. Oh, wow. And if you look at the two of them side by side, and you're right, we're talking about duo shade paper. What duo shade paper was, is uh, you would do your pencils and inks like anything else, but the original Turtles comics were black and white. What they would do for shading, what duo shade paper does is... Um, if you put one chemical on, it will have lines going diagonally one way. If you put a different chemical on, it will have lines going the other way diagonally. So they use that for a lot of shading. And, and if you look at her standing next to Baxter, that's all you need right there. She is not black. <laughs> she never was. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I also throw in the addendum that I know a couple of these guys, and I'm also positive on a personal level, but that's not what we're here for. But still, I like, I like where your head's at. The first time April appeared in color, and this is where... I, was, I wish I could have pinned down this date more than I did. The first time April appeared in color was in the second, pr- no, I'm sorry, the third printing of number two that came out in 1986, where she is unequivocally white on the cover. Now, that being said, uh, this was colored by a guy uh, named Mark Bode, or Bode, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. So not an Eastman and Laird thing. But Mirage was such a small studio at that time, like there's no way that Eastman and Laird would have been like, what, how did this get through our fingers? But 1986. Here's where it gets a little muddy for me. Yeah. At, at least in this thing, because some people were saying, like, well, it was whitewashed when they were setting up the cartoon and. Where she wears the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, the cartoon of the toys. 
Uh, this is the one where I have a little bit of a problem because I couldn't pin down the month that um, that third printing came out. Ah. Because also in 1986 was the year that uh, Eastman and Laird made the deal with Playmates that then got turned into the show. So Playmates being the toy company, toy company not Playmates from the magazine. Yes, different thing. Yes. <laughs> um, so I wish both I- enjoyed by young men everywhere. I, I think I, if I wanted to, I could pin down the date of when they had the meeting in 1986, but I couldn't pin down the date of when that cover came out. And also how quickly that cover was turned around. So those two things both happened in 1986. Couldn't tell you which came first. But then we move on to the first comics publications. There were a series of four graphic novels that collected the original like 11 issues of Eastman and Laird Run, which featured them being colored for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastman initially, although it's not credited in the book, but this is just going from... I. I know these people, and I was specifically told this directly. Yeah. Kevin Eastman colored at least the first three issues by himself, and then he was training another artist who was doing the primary coloring, Steve Levine, how to do airbrushing at the time. So Kevin did the early stuff. Trained, and then there was a, like some collaboration in the early stuff, but he was directly involved with the initial colorization. Then I will also add on, uh, there is a book that came out... <laughs> I can't remember when it was originally published. It, w- it was out of print for a while. It's called um, an autobiography that Kevin Eastman put out. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is just an art collection book, but also much like the ultimate collection stuff included notes. And here's what was interesting. And I had totally forgotten this. This is just a small blurb. So he, d- he does mention that April's name was based off of an African-American woman that he like says like that was someone like, you know, I knew at the time code my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> we but here's the thing about naming people. That happens all the time in every kind of entertainment medium. People will base character names off of people they know sometimes just as a fun homage. They're like, oh, that's a cool or name. Whatever. Or like, oh, yeah, I want my, my guy, my buddy, my friend. Yeah. I want to get, get them involved. Which doesn't mean that there is a one-to-one comparison. It's just a fun thing to do. I, there's one uh, comics writer on Twitter that I follow who I remember saying um, he had to stop putting the name of like his friends and family members in because his wife was mad he kept killing them. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the other part of that blurb, aside from the naming, which is pretty well out there, is in Peter Laird's original notes. Mind you, this says notes, not was not what actually made it to the page. She was originally supposed to be Asian. Oh, okay. And if you look at like issue number two where she first is, and also within like the Ultimate Collection stuff, um, there's talk, Kevin's talking specifically about like, oh, I didn't like this drawing of April because we really hadn't figured out how to draw women yet. So if you want to tell me that April was originally black, I'll flat out tell you no. If you tell me she was supposed to be Asian, I'll give you a solid maybe, uh, p- perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a maybe on the on the Asian front, but I don't, I haven't seen anything else about that other than that one blurb in the auto Arto biography book. Wow. So April, I feel educated. Definitively, I w- not black originally, but named after a black woman. Also, none of her origin matters to what are racist. Like sometimes you'll get people where you use like, okay, because of X, Y, Z, they really need to be this race. April's origin is she was made from a crystal. She was a drawing that was made from a crystal and she came to life. That doesn't say she has to be Caucasian. Was it a black quartz? It was graphite. Oh, graphite's not really a crystal. It's a mineral. Well, it was a crystal that was wrapped around a pencil. Fair enough. I like it. And the drawings came to life and she was one of those. So they were high. No, it was, um, God, now you're making me go, but in the Donatello micro series, there is a character named Kirby who they found a pencil in like the basement of April's apartment and where he had, Kirby had drawn all these characters that were so wild and insane that they all came to life and like created this whole wonderful fantasy world. But also it turns out that later on, like 20 years later, they were like, 
changed a not changed because she didn't really have an origin that her parents couldn't conceive and they drew a baby and the baby came to life and she grew at a regular age got it so have i always been wrong in assuming that you named your dog kirby after jack kirby is it jack kirby or is it the kirby character from teenage Mutant ninja turtles <laughs> uh whenever people would ask me i just tell them it was the vacuum oh okay <laughs> the, the real answer is jack kirby <laughs> okay so i was right yeah whenever, it was whenever people came into the shop they're like oh kirby like What's he named after? Just like vacuum. Because he sucks. <laughs> He'll eat anything off the floor. But there you go. There is your April O'Neil history. Have I clarified this? Yes, you have. Okay, great. Thank you. Receipt, son. Yeah, I talk like the kids. Swole. TikTok. Uh, swole is... I don't know how many people say swole anymore. No, I'm behind. <sighs> there we go. Okay. There is your April O'Neil history. With factual information. Does that also count as the weird comic fact? No, I got a weird one, though. Oh, jeez. Well, I guess we'll move on from there to weird comics facts. All right. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. Uh, that was a long one. But I, God damn it, I did the research. Because there was a thing for work where I was like really trying to double check that I was right. And I was like, so that I fell down this rabbit hole. Oh, well, that sounds like fun. And here we are. We all like to learn. That's what we're here to do. Weird Comics Facts. All right. This one is a Star Wars one because we're talking Mandalorian this week. Yes. Specifically Mm -hmm. around R5-D4. I have two for you. Oh, okay. Three. I had that action figure in the 90s for some reason. Well, you know. Did it have a a bad motivator? No, it did not. Okay. I was was trying to think of what the word was. was I know. Motivator. Thank you. I was like, well, let's talk about that motivator. All right. Twice. Canonically now. This sounds so boring. Did I ever read this? I don't know. It's in a comic. R2-D2 on the Jawa's little moving bodega. Yes. <laughs> when he's serving drinks. <laughs> yeah, so in A New Hope, uh, when they're both on there, R2-D2 is talking to him with his little bleep bloops. Yes. He says, like, hey, I gotta get out of here. Like, I cannot stay here. The fate of the galaxy depends on me getting out. Because you can read all the shit in a comic, whatever the bleep bloops are. Oh, okay. And R5's like, I got you, boo. And he intentionally blows up. Wow. So it wasn't a bad motivator. Ah. It was self-harm, I guess. He was taking one for the team. <laughs> he was. And then R2 rolls away. He's like, thank you, my friend. You may have just saved the galaxy. And I'm like, this is lame. Oh, my God. This is so overwritten. I kind of like that you don't know what he's saying. I like that it's just the bleep bloops. Yeah. <laughs> and the whiz pops. And the burp, 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 burp. But there you go. There's your canonical reason why he blew up. Yes. Let's go with the non-canonical story okay. now. That is no longer canon. Was he watching Mr. Co- was he watching Mr. Radar? The bleep bloops? I'm not. To be fair, this one, I'm not sure if it was ever supposed to be officially canon. There's so much weird Star Wars shit out there. that It's non-canon now. I don't know if it was supposed to be canon at the time. His name was Skippy, the Force-sensitive droid. It wasn't just R5-D4. He was Skippy, the Force-sensitive droid. Oh, Skippy, the Force-sensitive droid. And he, the reason, he once again, blew up the, the motivator by himself. But the reason that he did it is because he had a vision of the future of what would happen if R2 didn't get out of there. So Skippy the Force-sensitive droid intentionally blew his head up. All right, you can do the rest of the show long because I, nope. Skippy the Force-sensitive droid, Fuck maybe. that shit. <laughs> I, I vaguely remembered that and then I had to go look it up. I was like, yep, now that happened. Woo! Skippy, the Force-sensitive droid. Can we come up with a better name than Skippy? Because that doesn't seem very outer rim to me. Well, from blowing up a motivator. also a television series called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Look, I, got, I had a good one. All right, sorry. And, and you stepped on my dick a little there. Which is surprising because I have to step up very high. 
So from blowing up a motivator to blowing up your career, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. That was a John Morant one. Maybe I should have clarified that. Yeah, I yeah. There we go. All right. Sports reports. Uh, let's see. The Boston Bruins continue to be really, really good. The NFL combine has come and gone. Bill Belichick didn't make any appearances. People think that the Patriots might trade Mac Jones to the Raiders. That's not going to happen. Lamar Jackson may hit the open market. He's the He's got the unrestricted um, franchise tag from the Ravens. Daniel Jones just signed a really big deal for the Giants. Yeah, I saw that. That was uh, was four years, $160 million he signed. So all of the NFL free agency is happening in anticipation of the draft. Everyone keeps thinking that the Patriots uh, might try and land DeAndre Hopkins. That'd be a big get. That'd help Mac Jones out a ton to get a receiver who can stretch the vertical, uh, stretch the top off the defense. Uh, in baseball, spring training, there you go. There's your update. The pitch clock continues to be a thing. Uh, the new innovation now, too, is uh, throws from third base being bounce passes because they're more accurate and you don't, you're don't you less likely to throw it over the bag. But something yeah. that somebody's been trying in spring training is throwing the ball like a bounce pass with the baseball to the second baseman to turn to double play. And uh, the Celtics, Grant Williams, called his shot and missed. Yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, a little bit of a dip right now, but whatever. Yes. I mean, ultimately. I mean, I know they're going to be gunning for the number one seed. Like, it's not going to be a case where they're like, they're going to try and like just stay in the second seed. And I'm, as of right now, they're two and a half games behind, which is bad because they were up by like six games before. True or false? Jason Tatum's run at MVP is over. Yeah, I, I don't think he was ever really in the race. I mean, it, it's going to be. It was an expectation though that he'd be in the conversation. He's uh, no longer in the conversation. True or false? No, probably not. If you were to say like. I don't know, maybe top five currently? Sure. But, I mean, it's going to come down to Jokic and Bede or Giannis. What do you think about Giannis throwing the ball off the backboard to get a triple-double? It hurts his, shooting, um, it hurts his career shooting percentage. Um, stupid and amazing. <laughs> that was, if, anybody was else, if anybody else does it, does that make them a tool? Oh, yeah. But Giannis can do it. Because it was, it it was, was just funny. funny. That's fair. Like, you'll see, like, a lot of those, like, People taking like those like lat like shots at the buzzer when it doesn't matter to just try to like pad stats and that's always like frowned upon. And I'm sure this would like be considered frowned upon, but it was so funny and stupid. <laughs> like he barely got it up above rim height. Like he just threw it off the backboard. Like, I'll allow it. Why not? Does it count? Sure. I got a triple double. Huzzah! <laughs> it's it's a better story than like oh my god, remember that time? It's just like no, it's gonna be like remember that time? Yeah, it's just kind of I don't know. Gave himself a rebound in the last second. That's a it's mm. a much funnier story. Oh, speaking of, well, it's not a funny story, but interesting story from the world of NASCAR. Driver Chase Elliott missing six to eight weeks after he fractured a leg bone snowboarding between races. <laughs> they were out west. He was out in like the Tahoe area where they've gotten. Do you see some of the pictures of like Tahoe, like Lake Tahoe and no. some the amount of snow that they're getting? It's one of the all time snow. First time with a cup. <laughs> the condensation made the coaster stick to the bottom. Oh, okay. That's good straight vodka. Mm. It's, it's definitely just a glass of water. Yes. <laughs> just for clarification. And the John Moran stuff is all just a ridiculous mess. Who knows what's going to really come out of this? 
he's not being charged with anything um, because apparently you can't charge anyone with uh, solely video evidence and all of the witnesses all just said, I don't oh. see anything. Okay, well, there you go. Because they were all his friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> apparently there was a players-only meeting before he went out, like led by Steve Adams being like, look, guys, like we need to conduct ourselves a certain way on the road. And then he went out and did... <laughs> Pulled out a gun, and now he's not officially suspended, but away from the team. Or he already missed two games. He's out for at least another four. Who knows, man? He's he's had so many, especially in the second half of the season, like so many weird stories about like maybe he punched a seventeen year old like thirteen times and flashed a gun at him. There's the stuff with like and his, one to grow on. <laughs> like his dad team rant getting into it was Shannon Sharp. Like maybe his friends pointing a laser pointer or a firearm probably just a laser pointer yeah. at the indiana pacers and now like this and it's just been like thing after thing after thing of bad press it's like, he's a 23 year old kid he'll probably be fine ultimately i mean i hope so yeah he's he's a fucking wizard to watch he's like the most dynamic player to watch in the game right now what he can do is no one else can do it's wild yeah. and he's only 23 wow i mean i hope he comes out like the other end like the best thing he's still young so mm. hopefully well that's good it's just one of the like he has like one of the brightest careers in the league for like this next generation of player coming up. Like, don't mess this up, man. But somehow he's trying to find a way to do so. I mean, hopefully not, or at least stop doing shit on video. Oh, I didn't even mention like the like weird mall security thing. Like, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. He's just had like a weird like string of bad press, like pretty bad press, <laughs> like not, yeah, not, not bad press, not like, good press, like. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know. I hope, I hope he comes out the other side of it okay, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't know him, so it's I can't really speculate because you'll see people like saying like, oh, like his friends around him are a problem or his dad's a problem. And like maybe those things are true. I don't know. I don't know the guy. And if you don't know, now you know. Playa. No, I don't think that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, he's got a cute kid. I mean, I hope he comes out, you know, the other end of it. I don't yeah, know. I, think, I don't know. I don't. It's I, think he, sh- I think he looks like an idiot. That's about where my it's opinion is. not a good ends. look. 100 percent but aside from me thinking that he's made dumb decisions like I, I can't really extrapolate more than that no nor i mean those who live in glass houses should not throw stones we've all made poor choices now it's vinyl on the outside oh okay not asbestos board <laughs> no the house was built after asbestos was being used <laughs> okay they just after they figured out asbestos not good yeah all right that's sports reports yep oh boy all right it's time to continuously scream at streaming so you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Yes. Well, this is the one that's most out of date based on when we released this, so let's start with Picard episode two. Ooh, there's trouble in paradise. That de-aging scene was weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It, it looked way better than the last time Picard, or not Picard, yeah, he's so good. I just see him as the character. The last time uh, Patrick Stewart was DH'd in X-Men 3 when he looked like a terrifying porcelain doll. Yeah, that was not good. <laughs> this this was better than that, at least. Yes. And I do like seeing them post, you know, Nemesis and like when Riker is on the Titan. And I was bummed that that's all we got of Deanna. Because I'm like, oh, I know she's going to be in this episode. Then she's like, I'm just on there for two seconds. Yes. Like, oh, see yeah. You need to get, get your ass to sickbay and bring that whiskey with you. No, she was in engineering. Oh, yeah, Why do you have a baby in engineering? That place know. is always blowing up. It is. There's Stay away a, from engineering. Some sort of power conduit. There's a coolant leak. You can draw smiley faces in gaseous. I thought maybe because Patrick Stewart has just kind of like kept the same look for as long as we've known him. So I thought his de-aging was a little easier. 
The Riker one was a little wonkier. Yes. So question, because it was that scene took place in the ten forward bar, all right? Was that actually a hollow program? Because in the end credits it does say load program ten forward bar um, San Francisco or no, wherever. No, I don't. I mean, no, because we've established that Guinan. Well, like, no, moved. she she does, but. Was that actually taking place on the Titan and Picard was visiting the Titan or were they near Earth at the time? No, I assume they were on Earth. All right. Just a question. That was, I mean, that's how I read it. Maybe. I also don't think it really matters. No. <laughs> ultimately for the sake of the story. But my, no, my assumption was they were actually on Earth. Okay. But, uh, could be wrong. Uh, yeah. A lot of conflict in this one. Picard's at, he's at odds with everybody. Well, he just found out he's a dad. <laughs> I liked that scene. Like how rare is it that you get to see like crusher actually like have it out with him like almost never yeah at least not for that long like maybe like a brief scene here or there but this was like an extended we're gonna well, yell at each other for five minutes i mean there was a deleted like usually i mean that's always kind of been the overarching like hidden story was the love the love interest between picard and crusher although all the vast stuff that was kind of weird i mean but still to, to be, like the next generation like romance stuff was always a little weird like for as much as like will they won't they between like picard and like crusher it was there but not really that much and even the same goes for like Riker and Troy. It's like oh they had a relationship before the show even started you never saw it like the will they won't they of it was never really that upfront. it was more in people's perception of it but then you had the Riker wharf troy love triangle and yeah i was gonna say like wharf and deanna was like that was an actual arc that they like built up and like did stuff around. Yeah, in an episodic show like that was that story actually did something. I yeah, think, like well, that was also the time that the negotiator guy tried to get with Deanna, and Will's like, "Yeah, sure, you can." And then like the guy's like, "Wait a minute, I was trying to push your buttons, and it didn't work." Anyway, uh, yeah, Riker and Picard having at it, they find themselves fighting in the nebula. We find out what the he gets so shitty. I mean, Riker, you've killed us all. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh shit. Yeah, he's not pleased about that. Yeah. His plan of runaway didn't work. No, his plan of runaway didn't work. Neither did the plan of fight, for that matter. So, no. But neither plan worked really well. And we find out kind of who the main protagonists might be in this the founders. I loved that. Getting the changelings back in there, baby. Did you expect that? Or No, not at all. It was a nice little plot twist when, like, I was like, oh. And then, like, um, I love the scenes with Jaffrey and Worf. Raffy. Raffy, Jaffy, Worfy. <laughs> We're going to call them Worfy. Yeah, I like how like it made a legitimate Roar. connection. What should we call this this partnership? I'm not. <laughs> I l- Worfy or Rorf? No. Okay. Raf? I very much liked why Worf would be in this story, like why he's about it, because he fought in the Dominion War. And I love, and it's not subtle. It's like I have been suspecting for some time. It's like I have a, a friend um, and whatever they're whatever their big gooey group is called. I was going to say the collective, but that's the Borg. That's the founders, isn't it? Yeah, but whatever, whenever they're all in a big gooey pot together, oh. whatever they call that. No, like the time that Jake had the thing of oatmeal and pretended it was Odo and threw it at somebody. I don't remember that, that was but I believe you. I, Yes, of course it was a Deep Space Nine. That's a good point. I don't know why I told you that. I don't know why I had to mansplain it to you. <laughs> but I, I did like the Odo reference in there. Like an honorable man c- contacted me from their weird gooey lake. <laughs> I know, but like there was a part of me that was like, wait, is he talking about Odo or no, is he talking about Odo? Or is he talking about Cisco? Like Cisco reached from the Netherworld. But... Nah, it's definitely Odo. Oh. Do we get Cisco now? Because this opens the doorway to maybe have some Cisco. No, I don't think so. 
I do love me some Cisco. He, Cisco might be my second favorite captain. He's, he's technically back right now, and I will always throw it in air quotes, like in canon comics. But uh, that, I mean, that shit can change all the time if they ever bring Avery Brooks back. I do feel like my I'm probably gonna get you're gonna get hate mail because nobody knows how to contact me other than maybe I'll get some hate DMs on my Twitter. <laughs> I would maybe almost feel like I would go Picard, then I would go Cisco, and then I would go Kirk for captains. Right. What about you? Riker doesn't count because he's really not a captain. We don't see him captaining shit. Um, Anytime he captains things, they things blow up or they crash into a planet or something. I don't know. It would probably be the same. And we got more time with Avery Brooks. And sometimes the stuff that Kirk does is annoying. I mean, also, yeah, we got we got more movie Kirk We didn't than we got TV Kirk. That'd be three. I mean. Three seasons <laughs> compared to two seven season runs for. But I mean, sometimes you get like the insane acting of William Shatner. <laughs> It's true. I just one of my favorite, I can't remember what was even the context. Was it a mirror universe one? Just one of him. All I just so burned in my brain of William Shatner screaming, "I'm Captain Kirk!" It's just burned in there. Just this double, yes. double fisting the air. Con. I mean, everyone likes that performance. You blood sucker. I don't like to lose. All right, what do, all right, we're getting off track. It was other things fun. Um, yeah. So it is fun to see conflict between these characters who we yes. usually don't see conflict with. I mean, that was Gene Roddenberry's whole thing. Is like everyone gets along now. We don't have conflict, but yeah, for drama, it turns out it's actually interesting. Yes. Also, it's very for me. It's fun to see not just the conflict, but the um, I don't. know, It makes him a little more human, but also it all kind the of souls I've known. His was the most human. <sighs> Thank you. But you brought the, him up. That's true, I did. But there is a sort of closing or like connective tissue for Picard in this with the conversation. I was struck by the times that Will has been counseling him on like what it's like to be a parent. Talked about it during the pizza making scene in the first season of Picard. Yeah. And now like they even set it up with like Riker saying, like, you know, when you have a kid, you know, I hope uh, you understand the feeling someday. Like it was totally setting up Picard to be like <laughs> Oh my God! I have. A, oh, I think that's seventeen second things. I figured that out from that first one that was the title of the episode. So it's like, okay, this is our emphasis. Yeah. Th- then Riker says, and I'm like, this is coming back. And then Picard <laughs> has to get down to sick bay. Um, the real captain of the Titan, man, he gets messed up. This yeah, he got gruesome. hit in the head. And but do you see his leg bone too? I, I guess I remember the head more. Yeah, but I mean, he bled everywhere. But the um, just the the bloodlust that Picard gets now that he has a son. Give me back my son. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying what they're doing. Um, what do you think about the wharf differences? How so? That he's a skinnier, thinner, leaner wharf. Well, there's. I mean, his appearance changed many times on the show. There's definitely less makeup than there was before. Yeah, he has less ridges. Um, I feel like I mean this is this is less of what I was actually talking about. I feel like his his voice. Um, he's not dropping it down as low as it was before. No, he just sounds more like Michael Dorn now. Mm. But I more meant um, a couple of. I'm fine with like, like they're, they're describing Worf as being a samurai. I'm cool with that. But like some of the jokier stuff of like the chamomile tea or like beheadings are on Wednesday. I was like, maybe I could have done with. I think the beheading line just put me off a little bit. Like I was, I chuckled at it. The the chem, like the tea thing. I was like, okay, cool. like I can roll with that. Or like, do you take sugar or whatever you said. But yeah, it was like we're gonna make Worf a little too jokey. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I want to see how it plays out. But I kind of like. I like Wharf two point I like. I like a lot what they're doing with them. It was just. It felt like maybe they hit maybe one too many. Haha, we're funny beats. Yeah. Also, like we still haven't seen Jordy yet. I know that's 
Come on, man. We need Jordy. Where's Lore? Where's Moriarty? I can wait on Lore and Moriarty more than I can wait on Jordy. Jordy's got to be coming up soon. Yeah. I, I was, Which also, by the way, we know totally for 100% fact that the Titan is, nobody's dying because. And I was re-watching the trailers and it was like, why is Jordy being so shitty? And he's like, oh, now I understand because Picard almost got his daughter killed. Yes. <laughs> like you see, like in one of the trailers, you see him on the viewfinder and he just has like the most. They are like, not your family. <laughs> the most like, what are you doing? Also kind of looks. Can we talk about how his daughter throws him under the bus? Like, yeah, my dad wasn't good at making friends. <laughs> He had a hollow girlfriend, like a holodeck girlfriend recreation. His best friend was a robot. That's like being best friends with a blender. Is he like Polly? <laughs> yes. He's, yes, he's like Polly. Data is like the robot from Rocky IV. Happy birthday, Jordy. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still really enjoying this uh, overall. Oh, yeah. I think I'm, this has just been great nostalgia. I'm, I can't wait for tomorrow. I, I do kind of want the pace to pick up a little. Maybe that's just... It might work better, like in a rewatch. But I am, like you were saying, like I, I want to get to the next thing. I want to see, like, so now we just like floated around this nebula for a couple episodes. I'm like, okay, let me see, let me see the other shit. What else are we doing here? I think too. Like, I feel like you, but at the same time, it's like it's a really great meal that you've been looking forward to for a really, really long time. Like, like it's like good home cooked food that like it's your favorite meal. You finally, after all these years, are getting it, and you're like, holy shit, I want to just eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. And then you're like, as you start to do that, you're like. I also really want to enjoy the flavor and the taste of this meal. I don't want to I don't want to rush through it just to because I love it. I want to enjoy it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you make it sound like you have fine culinary taste when you'll just like be happy with like chicken nuggets. <laughs> Only if they're shaped like dinosaurs. And then I could draw a little comet with some ketchup. <laughs> and you're like, and I also don't want a vegetable. That's not true. I've started to eat more vegetables. I had a tomato the other day. Ooh. Yes. I also had um I had fancy chicken parmesan. It had uh, uh, whatever that thinly sliced ham is called. Prosciutto. You think prosciutto is fancy? Moving on, as you said, next episode. That will do it for Picard. <laughs> Dude, I love Lunchables, okay? That's my that's my charcuterie board. <laughs> Give me a sleeve of Ritz, some crackers. Wait, Ritz are crackers. Give me a sleeve of some Ritz, some pepperoni, and some sliced cheese, and I'm happy camper. All right, that will do it for Picard. Going to move on from there to The Last of Us, the penultimate episode of season one. Yes, by the way, this one's full spoilers because this one <laughs> gets wild real fast. Yeah. For I hadn't um, watched it before I started work, and I was just reading all the spoilers. Like I, I literally have to, and I was just like, "What? What happened? What are they doing?" Yeah, <laughs> that's how I experienced this for the first time before I actually got to watch it. All right, motherfucking cannibals. They are. They are cannibals, <laughs> and a really creepy rape preacher. Yeah, there was this was a very dark episode. A really brutal kill. That was which one? <laughs> the last one. Well, the second to last one was also pretty gnarly. Yeah. And Joel beats the shit out of some people. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna I had visceral reactions. We'll get to that in a second. All right, I, I I guess um lightning fast summary so we could hit the stuff. Um Ellie goes out to hunt a deer joel um needs like penicillin to heal from his stab wound she finds and kills a deer comes across two hunters she's like hey give me your guns i love how she unloads those guns on the ground i love how capable she has become oh yeah like just one-handed just yeah like she's learning like she pointing the to... rifle getting unloaded and yeah everything it was so cool like she's oh. like grown so much as a character but i mean the opening scene though with like the creepy pastor and like you know david yeah, can we bury our dead? And and he's like, no, the ground's too frozen. But the reality is, like, you're eating your dead. Yeah, they they all think it's venison. Yeah, <laughs> so except for the time that they actually really bring back venison. This venison tastes weird. 
I thought it was such a funny reveal. This that venison ca- tastes like Tim. But they, they kidnap Allie and she's in a cage. And the way she finds out they're cannibals is there's just a random ear on the floor. <laughs> yes. There's <laughs> just an ear. Yeah, I loved that reveal. I, this is how we know you're cannibals. Uh, and then the gross preacher is like trying, like he wants to start like some it's of like this, a cult. It, it totally is a cult. It's not like a, it is a people eating cult. But I like I like the writing in this one a lot because if you're listening to the guy, you're like, I can at least understand like like you have motivation. I, you I, have I get how this is like your last resort and how you got there. But then he wanted to. Fuck a fourteen-year-old. I'm like, ah, okay. Yes. I mean, cannibalism was probably crossing a line, but um, the child fucking was. Oh, <laughs> also not, not good. Crit. Yeah, like you're gonna be my little child wife, and we're gonna run this place. And then she breaks his finger. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Tell him it was Ellie you broke your fucking fingers. But uh, so the guy that she kills with the hatchet. Yes. The actual voice actor and actor for Joel from the mm-hmm. video game. Yep, that is Troy Baker. Yep. Who um he is huge in the animation world. I don't honestly don't know if I've ever really seen him in live action. He is a big time voice actor though. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was cool to get him in there. So I mean he's clearly not coming back because he took a meat cleaver to the throat. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> like I can feel that death. Well that and he also burned to death because that building probably also incinerated him. He didn't burn to death. He was already dead. Well, he, he just got burned out. He was cremated. Fair enough. But Joel and the two guys that he captures. Yeah, that was that messed was up, man. some fucked. Like he's like torturing the guy, stabs him in the leg. He's like, I'm going to pop your fucking kneecap off. I that, so, that was so Did gross. you have an out? Like, were you like, ah, I made it. I made a loud. I grabbed my knee and went, ah. And they just stabs him anyway. Yeah. It's like he was telling you the truth. Joel, I know. Joel don't care. <laughs> and then he's like. Oh, the guy's like, much like a honey badger. I'm not gonna. T- he don't give a f. Do you say I'm not telling you anything? Or like he's telling you the truth. He's like, I know, and just pipes the guy in the head. Like, yeah, Joel ain't messing around in this. No, and uh, boy, I was not expecting that. Um, that death. I'm like, oh man, are they setting up these? Like, I know there's only one episode. More like, are yeah. these gonna be like these guys seem pretty bad? Are they gonna be like our main villains going into the last episode? No, they're, they're pretty dead. No, I guess not. Because um, Christ, Ellie just oh. <laughs> What tremendous... She went Lizzie Borden on that asshole. Well, I mean... Yeah. 30 wax. Yeah, well, for good reason. The man was trying to either A, eat her, or B, rape her, or C, all of the above. <laughs> Not in that order. Or marry her. She's like, we could be a powerful couple. I'm like, she is a child. Yeah, well... fuck, man? I will say the one thing about this show that I've found really interesting is the case study of, like, yeah, we have all these, like, thoughts of what a dystopian future would be like, or... Like you have like your Hunger Games, for instance, or other like 1984, The Giver, all those. Yeah, things all suck. If, I guess if we live in a dystopian future, I'm just walking off the top of a building. But this, I feel like, is a real, like, I can buy this as a real scenario. There has how to be a wood chipper would... down there just to make sure I actually die. I'll move it. and then you just... <laughs> Eight-story building, wood chipper below. You have to be real accurate with a jump. What if you missed the wood chipper and you're just there kind of by it with your broken legs and you're like, I can't get up. That'd be unfortunate. Yeah, it would be like, it's right there. And then like, I don't know, some house cats would eat me to death or something. Like just a real sad way to go. Like not dignified. Snowball too. <laughs> I'll be Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. I did. <laughs> I all these cats will attack me. I did make that comment um, after I was gifted my new kitten. I'm like, this feels very Snowball 2-like, but I don't want to have the same fate as Snowball 2. <laughs> How many snowballs were there? There was one episode where they just kept killing that cat over and over and over again. Poor Snowball. And, and then at the end of it, Lisa goes, She yeah, died. No, she the, died. For the sake of convenience, we're just going to call you Snowball, too. And Principal Skinner walks by. He's like, all right, maybe he said convenience. Like, Isn't that a little convenient? She goes, 
I don't know, Mr. Tarzarian. Moving on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I really do get, it feels like they there's a real psychology to a lot of this like post-apocalyptic life with the cordyceps being around and like how things really would be like we we saw like a kind of a utopia that was built with like people living kind of in harmony we saw totalitarianism with fedra we saw what happened when people rebelled and tried to you know run things on their own frontier justice different than like the utopian place but like was it st louis or wherever where they had the woman who's kind of like I was the leader of this resistance group, and now I'm in charge, so power to power. And now we've kind of got like a isolated sect of cannibals. Like It's very, very interesting to see the different psychologies of how people might handle something like that. Uh, and when Joel and Ellie reunite, did you um, notice the very obvious symbolism of uh, their hug? About? his The watch that his daughter fixed for him oh, is front yes. and center of that shot when they're hugging it out. Yeah, and he calls her baby girl. Yep. That's just what he called it's his like, daughter. Yeah, yes, Joel's a dad again. Yes, he is a dad again. Well, we'll see how it works for them in the finale. <laughs> just give Ellie a meat cleaver, I guess. She'll take care of it. Yeah, seriously. I mess shit up. Bella Ramsey's been fantastic acting in this. Yeah, she's great. And I and her, Pedro Pascal as well. Her, her accent's great. I, I don't hear like the British at all. No. She, she's doing a really she's good She's very good. I mean, she doesn't sound like she's from New England, but... No, but neither do we. I get, eh, if I have enough drinks, I mean, I do. There's sometimes. The R's go away. <laughs> yeah. The R's become Oz. And my inability to pronounce an O-R sound correctly. Say manner. Manner. I guess I could do that one. Maybe I have to start with it. Orange. Orange. That, that was good. Uh, no, it wasn't. I said orange. How about Orenthal? Orenthal, if I think about it. There you go. Like Orenthal James Simpson. Oh, by the way, he was also on... I forgot to include him in Sports Reports, the world's worst human. He was asked to weigh in on um, that murder trial. Oh, I was like, God, yeah. Like, you guys asking me like I'm some kind of an expert. <laughs> he's such an asshole. Oh, my God. He sucks. He's the worst. And not even just for the murders. Oh, speaking of people who also suck, Antonio Brown bought ownership stake in the Albany um, Arena Football League team. And the XFL viewership is down. Sorry. Anyway, there you like, go. Is, is that an XFL thing? Because uh, you know my knowledge of the XFL is nothing, not a thing. The Rock does something with it. Yes. Uh, that's it. But that's different than the arena football stuff. Cool. Don't know anything about that either. No, not many, many people do. All right. Moving on. This one gets its own theme. It's time for the Mando Minute. Mando Minute. Mando. And I listened back to that theme. Sounds a little choppy. I'm still going to use it. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> Here we go again. All right. Still not setting my world on fire. Really? I don't know. I mean, if you have a more positive... I don't have a negative take. At this point, it's just be kind of... Almost become noise. Like, yeah, it's another one. Yeah. Like, I think because I I liked the first two seasons so much, and it... Like, not that it needed to end there, but it, like, it felt like that was a complete arc, and now I don't really know what we're... I mean, I know that we're going to be moving towards, like... Um, like Mandalore coming back and like reuniting like all these people and whatnot, but so far, and also this is partially because I haven't seen all of the Clone Wars and Rebels, and they just won't shut up about them. I don't, no, <laughs> it's all like we're trying to give you context. You haven't seen these shows. I've, I think it was. I've seen most of Clone Wars at this point, but like I'm still like I'm I'm feeling lost in the lore. I was I was gonna make the joke. I was gonna make was this week's episode was the Mandalore Ian. Because we got a lot of like history about Mandalore, and even in the recap of the episode, 
which yeah. was like, like, oh, do you know Bo-Katan? And then there's a recap of the recap that we already got of stuff that happened that I've seen some of, I guess. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so it's a little like, I mean, some quick highlights for me is it's eating its own tail a little bit in a way that I'm not enjoying. I will say a couple of quick highlights. We got to see Grogu kind of do some Jedi shit. I did like him throwing that one yes. monster. I liked that. I liked him like you saw him kind of walking and jumping. His ability to pilot the the craft. <laughs> More that was... than that, I love that. Um, something that Riker couldn't do. His version of Runaway was to do a giant jump into his little pod and just crank that yep. sucker up. He's like, it float away as quick like, as possible. Do you ever see him in his pod and think of like people that go around the supermarket in the little basket cart? No. Okay, <laughs> so that. it's just me. But I was looking at um. This is the Mandalorian's fault for pointing it out. On his old ship, the Razor Crest, we fully established, like when Horatio Sands was on there, that he has a bathroom. I'm looking at that little Naboo thing. I'm like, where does he poop? He's not. His life hasn't changed any, but now he doesn't have a place to poop. All right, I'm gone. There you go. How does he? So does he shower with his helmet on? Well, we saw him in season one. I remember there was like one thing, like when he was in a town, like where as long as like nobody saw him, like he took his helmet off to eat. Yeah. But I mean, that's not really, it's not a visual thing at that point. It's a logistics thing. Yeah. Where's he pooping? You know, those space trips, there's no place to just pull over, roll down the window. I know. And, and hey, maybe they shouldn't have told us he had a bathroom before, and then I wouldn't be thinking about it. Well. Episode one, they introduced his shitter. It's and true. now he doesn't have one. He has a space shitter. Like, does he just pull down his armor and, like, his seat acts as a toilet? Like, there's nowhere to go. Does he have a Beskar lined? And those, I mean, and going back to the Phantom Menace, they established those. I think, or was it? Am I just thinking of New Hope as short-range fighters, like four and a yeah. Like they, no, this thing is going through <clears throat> hyperspace and cranking. Everybody poops. That's yeah, what that book told me. Mm. To be fair, I, I wasn't aware of that book until I was like an adult. But well, I figured that you probably had figured out at that point that everybody poops. Yeah. All right. I don't think this was an issue for me. All right. Well, I mean, it was the Mando minute. Not much happened. No, no. Still do more stuff. Um, also, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of Tatooine. I was sick of Tatooine by Return of the Jedi. Sand gets everywhere. It's coarse. It's rough. I'm so sick of that fucking planet. <laughs> just stay away from it. Nothing good happens on Tatooine. It's like, it's an entire universe. We just keep on going back to this one sandy rat hole. Yeah, pretty much. Just that's exactly on. what it is. Uh, some of the stuff I did like with Bo-Katan, I liked, because uh, we even saw in the episode that um, Din Djarin was having, like, he still isn't able to master the Darksaber. But I like when Bo-Katan got her hands on it. She's like, I got this. Just started spinning that around like she knows what she's doing because, you know, Clone Wars and stuff. Yeah. I did like that creature design and even the weapon he used. Oh, yeah. That was cool. The little thing. He was a rushing nesting doll of a big, gross eyeball. Yeah. He was like, and his eye coming back online when he's like there and his eye opens up on the computer screen. I was like, I was like, crank. <laughs> I just I, he is very much like a rushing nesting doll like not even just that it's a little thing inside of a big thing but it was like the exact same thing inside of yeah just keeps coming and coming and coming <laughs> and I liked his little lightning weapon yes that was so cool also we saw Bo-Katan wield the dark saber with a shield yeah that was cool I saw this online and I, I agree with it a lot of this episode was way too goddamn dark oh yeah I couldn't it also didn't help the like it's one of those things like I also have to consider like because I, I watched it in the morning, you know, when there's sunlight. Like, would this have looked better at night when there's less ambient light? Like, maybe. But mm-hmm. watching it in the day, there's a good chunk of that episode where I'm like, I guess things are happening. The other thing I think is interesting is, like, Bo-Katan was, like, when she thought Din Djarin was coming back to the planet, she's like, okay, it's going to kill this guy. And then she's like, wait, where is he? Like, clearly she only cares about the Darksaber. Like, she knows that's what she needs. Like, her motivations are pretty clear. Yeah. 
But at the same time, it's well, like she saved him twice because then he got sucked underwater. <laughs> yes, it's true. He did. But again, she has to beat him in combat to get the dark saber. It's not just like here, have the dark saber. Oh, yeah. you died. I found the dark saber. Like it's not how that apparently works. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Unless I'm wrong, I'm sure people will correct me if I am. It's I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, I, but. Yeah, it's it's just so far, for like two episodes in, it's just it's not lighting my world on fire. No, no, it's not. All right, that's the Mando minute. Mando, it's and never a minute. No, it's never a minute. All right, another one last thing to talk about that we saw with our eyes. Yes, it's time. How long is this? Long. Oh Christ, <laughs> gonna be a long edit. Oh, well, good for you. All right, it's time for Creed three. And we're gonna give it its proper due. I'm not rushing through this. No, it's Creed. No, I just I gotta make sure I get to the grocery store. Okay, you have time. I have. 40, I have 52 minutes. Okay, great. Not going to take us 52 minutes to get through this. I hope not. Well, that means I have to, like, it Creed. closes in 52 minutes. Anyway, Creed! I'm the best there is at what I do. But what I do best isn't very nice. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. All right, we're going to do what we do for movies. Probably won't be very long on this part. Do non-spoilers first. Non-spoiler? Good-ass movie. Punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty. Yes. Actually, there's not really a lot of punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty. No, there's yeah, pretty limited number but of it, fights in this. I will say it did take on... there. I, don't get me wrong. I really, really like this movie, but this, in in some ways, was also Rocky Three. Just the middle fight. It was the typical... Ah. Okay, hear me. Well, when we get to spoilers, I'll talk about why I feel like... There were some mirror images of Rocky Three. Granted, granted, the middle fight took place between two different people. Okay, so what you're really talking about is the movie opens with him still being the champ, off of an easy fight, going into retirement, and then yes, going up against um, a big scary opponent. But I will give this movie a lot of credit. I didn't think, for as much as I just said that, I didn't think there was much. I mean, there were references and stuff, and like characters returning, but it didn't really rely that much on a previous Rocky. I mean, Creed. The first one, that's just Rocky 1 again. Yep. Creed 2, that's a sequel to Rocky 4. This is the first one where it's like, okay, the series is like standing on its own and creating its own story. I would agree with We're that. We're not rehashing like what's happened in the past. I would agree with that, but I also just, for me, and I really, really, really like this movie. I think it was outstanding. It just, I guess maybe it works because, like, I like it because it works, and it works because it just does. It's the same kind of three fight structure that you had in Rocky Three, except for he's not really in the middle fight. No, he's on the periphery of the middle fight. Yeah, but it's not Rocky getting beat. No, it's not Rocky, but it is Adonis getting knocked down several pegs, much like Rocky got knocked down. And there's the I can't dive too deep into like my thoughts on it because there are okay, tons okay. of spoilers, but. No, I enjoyed it. I thought the the music was great. The cinematography was fantastic. The fight scenes. Yeah, still a little bit of Rocky music in there. Not but a ton, as well. But. Yeah, but that's still fine. Yeah, the fights. Um, Michael B. Jordan, this is his first directorial debut. Knocks it out of the park. Yeah, and the fights, um, he kept on saying this, and I don't really know this world well enough. They were very stylized fights. And he said um, he had a lot of anime influence going into this. Uh, I don't yeah. really <laughs> not an anime guy i don't really know what that means in terms of like what he was pulling from but yeah th- the last fight without talking about the ending but you know take a guess who wins it starts off and it, it's just this brutal first round and these dudes take more abuse in round one than any boxer has taken in their entire career it's, well i think that's <laughs> in the grand rocky tradition again it has all it, it does everything to do with 
like it's not the first time. Like think about it's like you said, it's Rocky tradition that the boxers. It's not going to look like a regular boxing fight. It's more exciting in the movies. Yes. Like, there's way more punches landed and way more damage done to your face. To your face. Like, Rocky and Apollo's face in the first movie looks like ground beef. Like, just pounded. As that last last fight goes on, very minor spoiler that I don't really consider a spoiler. Like, it, when it gets stylized, it's like, it's just the two of them in the ring. Like, the, the crowd is gone. The audience yes. isn't there. It's just the two of them going at it. Which is, I, I thought was an interesting choice, and I thought it was fine. But what was jarring to me, so we get the first round, yeah. and then we get them just by themselves, like just like in their own heads, and then it goes, and it's the last round. And I was like, when did that happen? But you <laughs> I was know, so what? used to a Rocky montage in between. I was like, when the hell did we get to the last round? I liked how fresh that was because it, it really, it really talked about, and it really drove home. This fight was more than just a box. It was these two guys reconciling everything. It was just them. It was about them. It wasn't about the giant crowd in Dodger Stadium. It was just them. It was just like, and it's the last round. Like, what? Since when? That day, I was like, oh wow. <laughs> I guess we're here now. Yes. Um, this I couldn't believe they finally brought this up, and it was always something that was weird. But I always just thought they were going to ignore. Like for as much as Apollo's wife Marianne uh, adopted him and brought him into the family, there is one shot in Rocky Four where Apollo has two other kids. It's, I think it's only in one shot, and it's a brief shot where they're just like running through his mansion. Yeah. And they've never brought it up. And Adonis finally brings up, like, there are other siblings there. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. I didn't think this was ever going to happen. But <laughs> that they was just did. such a fun little nugget. Yeah. There was a nice little Easter egg in there. Yeah. I was a fan of it. Um, there is one for the movie works overall. I mean, it does have a pretty stellar cast. I mean, when this first came out, like, Tessa Thompson was like coming up a little bit, but I. I don't know. Maybe was this her first like big breakout movie? Maybe, yeah. but now it kind of feels like she's almost too big for these movies. Like as just relegated to like the wife. But there's a storyline in there, like where their daughter, this seven years after um, Creed two is what we're told, where their daughter is getting into fights in school and stuff. Yes, and then it's just never brought up again. No, it really isn't. In fact, they're like, <laughs> oh, we're going to support this new endeavor of you wanting to fight. You're going to punch some punching bags. You're going to go to the big fights and. Yeah, there was like, we went from A to C. Like, there was definitely something in there that got cut because there was no B. Yeah, something had to be. Yeah, it was just, a, it was weird that it was just like, it's certainly not the focus of the movie, but it was definitely something that got dropped. No. And I I feel like, here's my question I wanted to ask you. Do you feel like this is it for the Creed movies? Nope. You don't? No. I felt like it ended in a way that it could be like, yeah, that's a satisfying finish for the Creed franchise. Every movie so far could have been that, though. If you if it was just the first Creed, that ended really great. If it was just the second Creed, that ended really great. Yeah. If it was this, this also ended really great. No, I don't think this is done. All right. It's also making more money than any Rocky movie before it. So, no, this ain't done. <laughs> this is the most financially successful one so far. No, it's not done. All right. Last non-spoiler thing before we get into the spoilers. I thought that the training montage, I liked it, but it wasn't like it normal. It wasn't the same kind of long long form training montage i don't there was <laughs> it's at the trailer um when adonis is pulling a plane i was like you laughed audibly <laughs> like is that real i'll i will also say or when jonathan majors is doing that thing where he's climbing he the ropes climbing a rope like one in each hand and he's just up like do you recall feet? that you went holy shit in the movies <laughs> i might have you're in the movie theater before the movie started that dude was jacked there was like nine people in the theater by the way 
of which you, Emily, and I were three of them. We were like, we comprised 33% of the movie theater. And before the movie, you're like, I love this. This is an old man movie. There's going to be nobody scrolling. Nobody's going to be on their phone. Nobody's going to be talking. We're going to enjoy the old man movie. Nobody in the theater talked more than you did. I know. I was very excited. You were very chatty the whole time. <laughs> I just kept nodding because I couldn't really hear what you were saying. I was like, mm, yes. Mm-hmm, yep, you're, yep, mm, yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. I was very excited watching you this You were movie. very excited. <laughs> I'm an excitable boy. You were aroused. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far. <laughs> yeah. As um, far as, you know, traditional system, I think we need to update it to stream it because I feel like Redbox is a dying right. form now. <laughs> so we have seat in theaters, stream it, or or wait to stream it, and don't yeah. bother at all. Yeah. Seat in theaters. Yeah, damn right. Love this movie. It was so good. Except for this thing that I'll bring up in spoilers. All right. Time for spoilers. Look out! There's spoilers ahead! Boy, it feels weird that there's no Rocky in this. <laughs> yeah, especially considering what happens at the end of the second act. Yeah, and also that he's brought up in the trailers. Yeah. There's a scene in the trailer where they're having the pre-fight press conference, and Rocky is brought up by name. That scene's not in the movie. He is not brought up a single time, not even no. a passing mention, not even a slight nod, nothing. The only <laughs> reference we get to Sly Stallone is executive producer, and in the end credits, executive producer. Yeah, that would be a, a name only. Deal. Yeah. He didn't uh, lift one finger on this. Do you think he gets paid for being an executive producer on the film? He, he Got to get something for it, but yeah, he is a um, he is a in-name only. I-N-O? Yes. Uh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why I feel like it was Rocky three was kind of the structure that was used. Let, let me just hit the last because you brought up the second I think so. Okay. In the first Rocky movie, um, not the first Rocky, sorry, in the first Creed movie, there's a scene where um, Apollo and his mom are talking, and she kind of has it out. She's like, "I don't want you to be around this guy. Like after your father died, I never heard from him again." And then they have a moment of reconciliation, and I don't I don't think Barry Hatchet is the right term, but like. They're on good terms again, and she's supportive yes. of Rocky. And then she dies, and this dude doesn't even show up for the funeral. And yeah. I know it's all about like Stallone, like wanting the rights back to his character in the movie and all that stuff. And that's not why he, that's why he wasn't involved. It's it sucks that the real life stuff like bleeds into the movie because it's real weird that he doesn't bother showing up yeah. at Marianne's yeah. funeral. Yeah, he should be at Marianne's funeral. If you know, if it was if this was real, he would be. But oh yeah, hundred percent. Because it's a guy who's fighting with the guy that owns the rights, which I'm sure is why the all references to him were removed. It has. It's like this 100%. guy has been attacking me online for like a year. No, he gets no recognition. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what happened. But yeah, it's real weird that he doesn't show up for that, or like have any contact with Adonis at all. Like as he go- retires on top, not even a like, hey kid, like good for you. Or when he goes back to boxing, like nothing. Like it's so. The movie still totally works on its own, but that presence is definitely felt. Like, it, not even, it wouldn't even have to be a big role. If it was just, like, him on a phone and they shot him, like, by himself one day for, like, just a couple little things. But, yeah, no, it's yeah. weird that he's not in it at all. So All right, Rocky Three. Okay. So, it follows a similar structure and a similar storyline. And I love Rocky Three. I like it a lot. I think that's why I like this movie a lot, too. Main, main character, Creed slash Rocky. Movie opens with him finishing a title. Well, I mean, granted, you know, Rocky Three, he's also fighting Thunderlips, but whatever. But he, he's yeah, rapping. Right. There's no Thunderlips scene. There's no Thunderlips. But essentially, he's going out on top of his game, yeah. right? Then, But he's been fighting bums. But he's been fighting bums, What, whatever. I don't necessarily believe that Adonis had been necessarily fighting bums, but he's going out on top, similar to what Rocky was going to do. Rocky's going to go out on top, and he's just going to kind of exist. 
Then you've got the young hungry fighter. This time it takes place it takes in the form of you know Diamond Dame or you know uh, Anderson, the young hungry fighter. But instead of like he's out and hell bent for whatever he wants, much like Clubber Lang was. I mean, Clubber Lang doesn't have an arc. He doesn't have a but, okay, story. Let me finish. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's probably a better fleshed out version of that. But you still have the middle fight instead of instead of Adonis losing the fight. As the fighter, he loses as the promoter, the trainer, the, you know, he succumbs to his past a little bit and like giving his friend a shot, not realizing, which by the way, how hilarious is it that Nancy Kerrigan Drago in this? Yeah. I don't know where the guy's like, Drago! And he beats the shit out of his hands with a billy club. But then also Drago's able to spar later in the movie. Yeah, I do like that they just brought that guy back. Like, oh, there he is. Which I thought was great. Like, I like that. Yeah. So, also, like, the fact that he's friends with Drago and he's promoting a fight with Drago, like, how that's all... I I like that bury the hatchet stuff. But, essentially, hungry young fighter who's, you know, he wants his, gets it, and then it, it, it humbled Rocky in that when Rocky fought him and lost, but also then Mickey dies. In this, Adonis' fighter loses, Adonis gets beat up by the fighter who beat his fighter, and then his stepmom is... Adoptive mother dies. So yeah, the, the one part of this that I think was a little bit weak, where it's I mean it's a movie, so it is more theatrical. But like it, we see it in the trailers of Jonathan Majors, Jonathan yes. Majors, uh, Damien. He's like, I'm coming for everything. I'm like, what is there to come after? Like he's retired. Like he went out on top. He has a lot of money. He has his own gym. Yeah, he's training people. I don't. Th- he's got a really sweet penthouse. <laughs> like like he has a wife. Like like what you boxing? I don't see how that takes anything away from him. <laughs> Like, you could just go, I don't care, and walk away. True. And and nothing would change. Very true. So you've got that. And then in order to overcome the bad guy in the movie, Dame Anderson or Clubber Lang, Rocky has to face his vulnerabilities. Adonis has to face his vulnerabilities. Then you have your training montage. Then you have your fight. Although the the fight between Creed and uh, Anderson, longer, more, there's more to it than the fight between Clubber Lang and Rocky. But it's similar, right? Like, mm. Rocky needs to overcome his vulnerabilities. He needs to change what he is and embrace, like, being okay with who he is. So, again, it's not a carbon copy, but I felt there was a, enough similarity between the two movies. Again, love the movie. Jonathan I thought, Majors was, I thought, unique enough in the, the personal history stuff. Because we don't, that was something that certainly Rocky never touched on. And so much of this is about what came before. I thought he was solely unique enough that he was different from past villains, like especially Clever Lang, who has probably the least personality well, of any of the villains. What I want to know, what, what are the priors that he had that he got 18? I know he said he got years tacked on, but what did he have for other prior arrests and incarcerations as a youth that? Pull, just the act of pulling a gun got him eight to ten years in prison. Clearly, he's a bad dude, right? Um, I don't think that's the point of the movie. <laughs> no, it's just one of those weird incongruencies. That's all. But again, I, I love the scene where it's just the two of them fighting and that very stylized. You know, you have the different parts of their past coming down, like the prison cell, for one. Just the intimate fighting. It's just the two of them. I loved everything about that. I thought it was a great way. That we didn't get the traditional, you know, most of the first round, and then I'll settle in for World War Three, and then just they slug it out through the middle part, and then they, 
you know, the full last round. It was really first round. Then they did the whole middle montage in one, what felt like one round, which like you said, it was kind of jarring when they were like, and now for the 15th and final round, I was like, okay. I was expecting like, oh, it feels like they're following the Rocky three formula. He's going to knock him out like the third or fourth round. But it was more of like a, like a penance and a cleansing of the two of them to fight that long. Also, one other thing, and then I'll be done. There was some... Yeah, here the grocery store's closing. It is. There was some Rocky Balboa in it when they're like looking at um, Adonis's hands and like going through the laundry list of all of his problems. I'm like, sounds a lot like when Duke's father, Duke, was training Rocky for that fight against uh, whatever his name was in Rocky Balboa. It's like... Well, your hands are broken. You're calcified. I, 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 gotta... I was waiting for. I knew they were never going to do it, but I was so ready for him to just like crack his neck and be like, "Let's start building some hurting bombs." Yes, <laughs> didn't get that. No, we didn't get that. <laughs> it said, "Let's let's taxi this private airplane." <laughs> yeah, I guess. Bring it around front. The plane. Oh yeah, I was like, "What? Huh?" No, enjoyed it. If you could just pull that over there. No, great movie. All right, that is it for Creed for now. Uh, in terms of, of course, he's always going to have to say this, and I don't know why he wouldn't also mean it sincerely. Uh, talk of Stallone coming back for the next installment. Michael B. Jordan said basically, yeah, door's open. If he wants to come back, like, yeah. this, this is his shit. Like, he said it nicer than that. <laughs> yeah. Also, great. Like, I love something that Rocky did before, and now this is doing it. I love having, and it's worked out so far, like having your star take over the director's chair is now yeah. just a, it was never a tradition before because there wasn't a, you know, spinoff series, but I like that that's continued and it's turned out well, like, both times. No, I like it a lot. All right, moving on from there. Last segment of the show. This packed show. Maybe when I edit it down, it won't be. I bet it will be, though. Okay. I bet people will be like, it's only like five minutes longer. But yeah. You don't know what I went through. No, you don't. It's time for letters to the editors. A lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. Hey, if you want to ask us your own questions, you can. How do you do that? You send in emails. An electronic message. Yeah. An emissive. For a W Riz or something. Yeah, there you go. I Proud of you. I don't think that works there. I don't Riz W? W Riz? Whatever. I don't yeah, care. I don't know, yeah. I'm never going to use it. No, I mean, you just did, technically. Hey, send an email into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. That's mm. how you get your questions in. This week's question. Yes. If you could get into collecting something that you don't collect, what would it be? Hmm. It's a good question. I feel like I know what your answer would be. What do you think my answer would be? Sports memorabilia. If you could have, I'm taking, I'm taking money off of this. Okay, like bigger sports memorabilia. I like some stuff, but yeah, like, like yeah, if, I think bigger sports memorabilia. Like if you could have like a, you know, a game used football or something, or like oh. a game, or like a game war jersey, like oh, stuff absolutely. like that. Yeah. Stuff like that, hundred percent. I didn't mean like get a poster of Tom Brady on your wall. No. Uh, yeah, I would that that kind of stuff would be awesome. I would love to collect those kinds of things. I think that'd be kind of fun to have like a man cave with those things. Hundred percent. Well, it's a good thing you have two rooms in your house that you just use to dump junk. Technically three, if you want to count your little. I don't know what you call that front area. The sunroom. Is that what you call that? Uh, no, I call it the winter storage area. Because <laughs> you literally have three rooms that you just keep the doors closed on to dump junk. Yeah. I, well, now with this. This kitten, I have to really clean everything, and like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of happenings. Yeah, you at Casa you, de Richmond. Uh, you moved in there seven years ago, and you haven't finished unpacking two rooms. Oh, they they're unpacked. I've repacked them with other shit. Okay, great. <laughs> and one room isn't. And one room is like the clean laundry room. It's my giant dresser, my chest of drawers. No, sports memorabilia. I would say is is up there. That would be my guess. Yeah, I would say like cool sports memorabilia, like game worn and used stuff. I collect pint glasses. 
I like to get pint glasses, so I already collect those. The other thing I think I would, I mean, I guess like, that's I. I don't consider this a collection. I just like doing it. I do like buying a really tacky shot glass. Yes. Well, no, that's technically a collection. You have I, several. I guess there's like maybe like five or six. Yeah, that I think you're boarding on like collection parameters there at that point. Like, like you have one or two. That's like I have a couple. But if you have like seven or eight, that's starting to like you're you're pushing the envelope onto collection status. I have a collection of things. I wouldn't consider it that. It's it's so minor. Yeah. It's just, they're just like. I think it's funny to buy really tacky shot glasses. But again, this isn't like everywhere I go. It's like, oh, that looks really tacky. I'm going to buy that. You know what else I would like to collect too, in addition to like sports memorabilia, is like like classic signage, like old, like not necessarily road signs, but like old bar signs. Again, I really would love to get like a classic neon light or one of the stained glass lights that would hang down over a pool table or a CD bar. That'd be kind of fun to Where have. Where are you going to put this? <laughs> In one of the junk rooms. <laughs> I have plenty of storage. <laughs> Clean up, take all the junk from one room and just make shove yep. it in the other. One big junk room. There you go. And then I have room. Yes. Mine is not actually collecting more shot glasses because I don't care. I just think it's funny when I buy a really shitty shot glass. Okay. I mean, if like, this is a money is no issue. And also with this one, it also might be a case of space is no issue. Okay. If I could, like, prop collecting would be interesting. Oh, that would be fun. I only I have one movie prop and one TV prop, and they're both very small and don't take up any room. <laughs> so, uh, what are they? Remote control? That little mug, that little cup right there. Is that from Serenity? That is. I can't. There were six of them. They were supposed to be in the galley, but there's also a scene where one of those six is 100% like screen used, like focus. Yeah. Like very clearly up front, but like I said, those that was one of six. And they're all identical, so I couldn't tell you if uh, that is the screen-used one or not. Okay. In that little uh, red leather-bound book that's from Buffy. Oh, cool. I did not know either of those things. Yeah, that um, uh, starting in the fifth season, or for fifth and sixth season, there was a business that was a magic shop that had a lot of books in it, and that is one of the... Oh, is there real magic in it? No, um, all the pages are blank. Uh, so what I've used, I've I've turned it into like a little like Buffy autograph book. Oh, okay. So there's, so there's a bunch of actor signatures and that that I've uh, got at cons. Have you done some journaling in it? No. Dear diary. No. Okay. And there's one actor who um, has had a number of arrests and alcohol and drug related problems. Oh, okay. And I don't know if he was on something at the time, but there's like one guy who wrote like like seven pages in there, and whenever anyone looks at it, like because all the actors will always like like oh like. To see who else is in there, and they go like, "Who is this?" And I tell them, and the reactions all are about the same of some level of eye roll. Oh, they're like, "Ah, oh, oh, fucking course it is." This is why is that to be? All right, yeah. there we go. So, I would do sports memorabilia. You do more movie TV props. Yeah, I mean those are expensive, and also a lot of them take up a lot of space. Well, so again, that's why I have two small ones. I mean, yeah. I bought that thing like in high school. I, I was still in high school when oh. I bought that Serenity one. Nice. All right, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week. Just TV, nothing else. Really. Do, I guess we'll do it on Wednesday again, so we can Mandalorian, Picard, The Last of Us finale. We we have to do it on Tuesday. Do we? I'm leaving Wednesday night for my ski trip. Oh, well then there might be a third thing in there. All right. Now, if you enjoyed the show, go to Patreon.com/slash/EditorsNoteComics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you also get access to things behind the paywall, like Pod to the Dark Tower episode two. Uh, we, we have decided we were, we're recording it. All right, so episode two will we have come along. We have one lost episode that no one will ever hear because um, we talked about how to reformat it. Oh, okay. So the uh, growing uh, pains of Pod to the Dark Tower. Yeah, hopefully that we are you back at the beginning of the wheel? <laughs> no, because that would be episode one. Okay. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're recording that tomorrow. I hope. All right, 
there you go. So you've got that plus other stuff there, like the Buffy back issue bin, uh, and cool just cool stuff behind the paywall. So you can do that. Plus, contact the show, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can also find Zach on the social media. Just look him up, Editors Note Comics, on Twitter. I'll do it. You're on there, too. At Junior Rich. All right. We'll be back next week for stuff. Yeah. Definitely The Last of Us in Star Trek. Mm. Bye.